Well, hello everybody. I'm missing you all. It's uh, strange not seeing you, but uh, my heart is completely with you. I just want you to know that we're praying for you. Uh, we're praying prayers of protection over the church at this time and uh, over each of you, over your jobs, and it's good to pray. So I want to bring a, a prophetic message to you today, and uh, I'm calling this, What in the World is God Doing? Because that's a question that many people are asking at the moment. Lord, what's going on? Where are you in all this? And what are you saying? <clears throat> Somebody texted me from London asking, did you expect this? Uh, what has God said to you about it? Because people are looking for answers and a church someone else, somewhere else got in touch and said, please, will you come online and meet with our leadership time, leadership team and bring something prophetic, which I think means please come and encourage us. Well, I can't claim to have all the answers, but I do want to connect you to God and I want to encourage you. I want to equip each of you to hear from him prophetically to feel his presence continually and perhaps even to see some of what he's doing in the world. So there's those three words I just want to bring to you. Hear, feel and see. Firstly, hear. What is God saying? Why can't I hear him at the moment? Why does it seem so quiet up there right now? Lots of people are saying this at the moment and I think it's because people are finding it hard to hear God at the moment. I don't know about you, but I've been so distracted. It's been hard to concentrate. There have been so many emotions going on, and there's just so much noise everywhere. I, I don't know if you've noticed that even the birds seem noisier at the moment. And there are so many changes going on, decisions clamoring for our attention, and don't even get me started on technology. I'm having to do things with technology I didn't even know was possible before. And so how do we hear God above the noise? Well, this is what I'm doing. I'm looking back. I'm looking back to the quieter times when it was easier to hear God. I'm looking back to the promises he's already made. I'm looking back to the prophetic words that I've stored up for the hard times that I've come. I look back, which is, of course, what they say you should do if you ever get lost. You backtrack down the path you've come until you find the familiar place where, where you last knew where you were and so find yourself again. So what has God said to you over the years? Do you know? Personally, what are some of the promises that he has made? Because they're still good. And now is the time to get them out and hear them again so that you can stand on his faithfulness to perform all that he said he would do in your life. But it's not just about what he said to us personally. What has God said to us as a church? And, and this is what I've been doing in the last few weeks. I've been looking back over some of the things that we've heard over the last few years. Take, for example, the messages from the book of Habakkuk in April and June 2018. Uh, here we saw how the prophet cried out, calling on God to act, telling him, Lord, intervene in the mess, deal with the sin, challenge the way that people live all around us. And then God replied, he says, I'm going to act and do something about the state of the world, but you won't like what it means for you because 
things are about to get a whole lot worse before they get better. God said, look among the nations, I'm going to do something amazing and unbelievable, but you're not always going to understand me or what I'm doing. But I will answer your prayers and things are going to look very different in the future. So get ready. Do you remember that? And then in September last year, there were several prophetic messages out of the book of Haggai under the heading, what in the world is going on? And in it, we heard God's call for us to consider our ways. It wasn't that God was judging the people, but the gods of the people in their greed and materialism. And the prophet called them to take responsibility and above all else, to humble themselves and pray. And I think this applies to us now more than ever. A call to consider our ways, to humble ourselves and pray. And it struck me looking back, how prophetically accurate these messages were in the light of what we're now experiencing. So, for example, I've talked about how the unprecedented has almost become the precedented, that we're living in a season where the unpredictable keeps happening. Do you remember that? And I said about how God had been speaking to me that he is the God of the unexpected, the God of the suddenlies, the one who changes the course of history. And that he will give to us in this time more than we could ever ask, think or imagine. Do you believe it? I also said that this is a season where the unexpected must now become the expected, where the impossible becomes possible because God is on the move. And when God moves, anything can happen. He is doing this. God is shaking the nations. Can you see this? So go back and look at some of the things that God has said, because I think you'll be surprised about how clearly God has been speaking to us and preparing us whether we knew it or not. Which is so encouraging because he shows us that he actually knows what he's doing, you know. He's not surprised by any of this. He's not pacing around, worrying and wringing his hands. No, he's seated on the throne and he's working out his plan. So get hold of these words again and find comfort and reassurance. Let these messages ground you and stabilise you in what's going on now all around us. Hear. Go back to what he's already said. Hear, feel, see. So feel. And I don't know what you're feeling at the moment. But in the prophetic, this is the time to come close to the Father. This is a time to seek him and his presence, to find comfort and peace in that place. I was so encouraged by Simon's talk last week from Psalm 91. The emphasis of that message was about determining which shadow we choose to live under. Simon asked us, will you live under the shadow of fear and uncertainty? Or will you tuck in under the shadow of his wing, rest there And find refuge in that place. Feel. Feel his presence. Feel how close he comes right now. Feel his peace in that place. Make every effort to enter that place of resting in his presence. That's what Hebrews tells us to do actually. Strive. Make every effort to enter into his rest. I've got to be honest. It's been... Uh, an effort to do this in the last few weeks. 
earlier this week particularly, the greatest feeling I was experiencing was stress. <laughs> you know, how are we going to make church work? How are we going to care for people? How are we going to keep people connected when the church is scattered? What about my family? What about money? Will, ever, will things ever get to be the same again? Stress. So many unanswered questions, such a lack of certainty and control. And at the end of one of those days, I tried distracting myself by watching TV, but it didn't work. Uh, Finally, I ended up going to the back of the house and sitting in a darkened room and crying out to God. I said, God, I just need you to father me right now. I need you to come close to me. I need you to speak to me, to reassure me. I need to know your presence. And to my amazement, his presence filled the place. And to my incredible delight, he began to speak to me. And he says, I'm proud of you. You're doing the right thing. You're following me and I'm leading you. I'm your good shepherd. You can trust me to care for the sheep. Rush under the shadow of his wing. Feel his presence. Feel his reassurance. Allow yourself to be fathered by him like never before. There's nothing more prophetic than this. Hearing what he said to you before. Feel his presence. And finally see. See. This is something I felt God speak to me recently. He said, this is not the time to be hearing words to speak to others but a time to be seeing what I'm doing. Learn to interpret the signs of the times that you are in. Wow. And this is a reference, of course, to the words of Jesus in Matthew 16. And if you remember that passage, it's where the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to Jesus and say, show us a sign in heaven. And Jesus replies, he says, when the evening comes, you say it will be fair weather. For the sky is red and in the morning today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. He says, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret the signs of the times. And so we need to recognize and interpret the signs of the times that we're living in. Can you see what God is doing Do you recognise the opportunity that's been offered to you in these times? The sin of the religious people around Jesus was that they were unable or unwilling to interpret the signs because their hearts were hard. And so they missed out on what God was doing right before their eyes. And the word for time here is kairos, which in the New Testament you'll remember is about those defining moments where the normal course of life is interrupted. It's when God steps in and wants our attention. These are moments of opportunity when everything changes because it's the right time. And I think internationally we are living in a series of these supernatural moments where God has called time out. Everything stops because he wants to get the attention of the whole world. The normal times of our lives have been interrupted. So are we aware enough of how God works to interpret the signs for others? Because that's part of our job right now. Then in these Kairos moments of insecurity and instability, it's our job as disciples of Jesus to point men, women and children to the sign maker 
who is God. So can you see what God is doing? What are the signs that we need to interpret? Well, Jesus' disciples asked him the same question later in Matthew's book. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but just to remind you of Matthew 24. And I'll just read this to you. Matthew 24, verse 3 says, Tell us what will happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. And Jesus answered, Well, look out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed because such things must happen, but the end is still to come. A nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. And so Jesus says, here are some of the signs to look out for. Wars, rumours of wars, famines and earthquakes. And you could add in raging fires, floods, storms, plagues, pandemics, massive disruption. He says these things must happen. They are the signs of his coming, but they are not the end. Don't be afraid, Jesus says. These are just the birth pains, meaning that God is trying to get our attention. He's saying, wake up, people of earth. Wake up, church, and don't be deceived. God is trying to get the world's attention. The signs that we are seeing are the signs of his coming. They are times of his visitation where God in his mercy draws close and makes himself known. These signs are to wake us up and they're a call for us to consider our ways and pay attention. So this is the prophetic message that I have for you at this time. Connect to God. Hear, feel and see. Hear what he said to you before. Stand on his promises. Backtrack if you need to and find the place where God spoke to you clearly and stand there. He will be faithful and he'll perform all that he promised to do. And he's spoken to us already and he's prepared us for such a time as this. Feel, feel his presence. Let him come close. Don't allow the atmosphere of fear and uncertainty all around you to overwhelm you. Decide which shadow you're choosing to live under. Make him your place of comfort and safety. See, see what in the world God is doing. Learn how to recognise and interpret the signs of his coming. He's trying to get the world's attention. So church, give him your attention. And you know, I think this is a time for us to get serious, to humble ourselves and pray. I just want to finish with this verse from 2 Chronicles 7.14, which so many people are quoting at the moment. And I think it's incredibly prophetic for our times. It's this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And Jubilee, I'm calling you to do this. I'm calling you to humble yourselves, to seek his face and to pray. God is shaking the nations. 
He's shaking them. But get ready for an international move of God, the like of which you have never seen before. Get ready for the humbling of leaders and nations. Get ready for nation after nation turning and crying out to God. That's what I believe is going on. That's what I believe God is doing. So are you ready? And will you commit yourself again to God and to prayer? Because God wants your attention. Let me just finish by praying for you and praying for our nation. And then I'm going to hand back to Paul and maybe we can spend some time just praying for each other as well. So Father, we just want to ask you to come very close to us at this time. Will you just come and remind us of all the great things that you've said to us? Remind us of your faithfulness. And Father, I pray that your tangible presence would overshadow us, that you'd rest on us in this time. And Father, I pray you'd open our eyes, anoint our eyes with eye salve so that we can see what the Father is doing and lead others to you at this time. I pray for an outpouring of your spirit. I pray for an outpouring of repentance among the nations, Father. I pray for a turning to you, Lord. We've been praying for revival for years. We never knew that it would look like this, but we pray, Lord Jesus, for a massive international turning to you, for your glory and for your name's sake. Amen. Amen.